I'm Kelsey Trainer here with Carrie Ann Cook. We're two lawyers bringing you the legal sports news in a digestible way. You ever wonder why something that should just make sense becomes so convoluted when it comes to the law? Turns out, we're here to explain it to you. Today's topic, the U.S. Women's National Team Lawsuit. Now, who would say that men and women do not have equal value? Taking that to the world of sport, here's the update. Last week, the U.S. Women's National Team equal pay lawsuit suffered a serious blow to their case when the judge dismissed the players' equal pay claim against the U.S. Soccer Federation on summary judgment. The judge also dismissed the players' Title VII claims for gender discrimination for pay and playing services. The only thing that remains is a Title VII claim related to travel conditions and the difference in medical and training staff provided to the women's team. The decision, which came down in the form of a 32-page opinion and order, determined that the women were not paid less than their male counterparts. On the contrary, the judge actually stated that the women made more than the men and had different collective bargaining agreements, therefore could not be compared under the Equal Pay Act. Carrie Ann, what's your take? It turns out the collective bargaining agreements are actual real bitches. Two, people shouldn't discount the part of the claims that actually survive, right? Having equal travel benefits and access to medical help are no small things, right? Like when I was in college back in the day, you used to slap 15 ladies in a, in a 15 person passenger van and you drove around for eight hours, right? You know, and the men are flying commercial jets or private jets. It's not, a, it's not an insignificant thing by any means. It goes directly to, to where, the money is spent to show people's value and that, that respect their profession. Um, and those are no small things. That's just my initial take. So what do you think of the judge basically saying that you can't compare the men's collective bargaining agreement to the women's because they had different pay structures? Here's the thing with collective bargaining, though. Like from a contractual standpoint, most people can understand that if you said, I will give you X and you'll give me Y for Z, then you're bound by it. If you start off at a position behind, right? If you start out in the parking lot and someone else starts out on first base, are you really bargaining from the same place? So turns out I don't think that you turns are. Turns out you don't. So it's <laughs> like you're stuck. It, it almost institutionalizes the disparity at the beginning. You know, as a, as a lawyer, understanding the law, I understand and completely appreciate the CBAs and why they have the strength and the value that they do. But I think that the judge was a little short-sighted in not understanding that. If you're not starting from the same equal place in terms of bargaining power, um, and it's just a reflection of that inequality. So I thought the, an interesting comparison was the Scotty Pippen analysis from The Last Dance. Mm. Uh, Jane McManus from uh, USA Today released an article where she basically compared the women the U.S. women's national team to Scottie Pippen in the end of his, what is it, eight-year-long contract uh, in the last dance. Um, you know, Scottie Pippen bargained for his contract with kind of a similar scenario that the women did. They, he had a, he was from a poor family. He had, uh, he lived with two handicapped people. And so he had to take this, you know, longer contract with, um, you know, less money for more things that were guaranteed. I kind of think that's where this is going next for the U.S. Women's National Team. I think that, you know, 2021, their new CBA, they're going to be in a very strong position bargaining power-wise. But do you, like, 
Do you think that we anything gets changed from what's happened now with this lawsuit? Like, where do we go from here? What's going to happen? Yeah, I think that lots will, will change. I think that like that, like the arc of anything in history is that it changes over time, right? Um, I think that it, going, if I were their lawyer, <laughs> going into this, you would have a better appreciation from the, CB, the collective bargaining process, right? Like look at what the WNBA just did, right? It just took a monumental, huge step forward. Even if in actual reality, if you follow the numbers, it might not seem that significant to the bottom line in a year or two, but the significance of how forward they went in terms of thinking um, and the the sort of scope of everything that they took into consideration, the huge step forward, not just salaries, but like quality of life, which is what I was trying to get to when you're talking about the travel and the, and the medical when it came to the U.S. women's national team, like that's quality of life stuff. Right, you can't really. Right, like it. turns out that's pretty important. Yeah, it turns out it's super important. Are you sleeping? With, you know, are you sharing a hotel room with three other people, or do you have your own? Like, what is that like going into a big match versus Japan in the World Cup final? You got three other people in your room, and someone's snoring, and you know, or are you like the men in your own your own little suite doing your own thing? Right, like it, you can't discount the quality of life that's associated with those things. And I know a lot of people have poo-pooed. Uh, you know, that part of it, but the more important part of it too is like the lawsuit survives, right? It goes on, like it's going to go to a jury and a jury is going to make a serious judgment. And then when it's all over, you're going to feel everything. And it's going to go on for a long time. So yes, it's good headlines and snippets for now, but I think what's going to change is progress comes mediated over a, a matter of time. I think that the, the women's team and their representatives will understand in the next CBA, right? They are the entire market. I have all the leverage. Yeah, it turns out you don't have soccer in the United States if you do not have the U.S. Women's National Right, well, think about it. If you take five of the 10 starting people for the last Women's World Cup and say, I'm not going to participate, right, and you leverage it, what's left, right? And then, you know, the group think over the last several decades has been, well, don't push it too far, because if you push it too far, then you won't have anything. But you really think that the Tobin Heaths and the Megan Rapinos of the world are worried about pushing it too far? Right? No. So I think that's what's going to change a lot. It's like, regardless of the setback uh, of some parts of this, like the judge's decision was also a huge validation that they were right. A huge validation. They might have, their lawyers might have argued some of the, not the wrong thing that's not fair, but that's not fair, but their lawyers argued the, the right legal things. And you could have been right morally, you could be right ethically, right? But that's what we're talking about in this podcast. It turns out under the law, like sometimes it doesn't pan out the way that you want to, but that doesn't mean that the progress isn't there, right? Right. Turns out under the law, CBAs are a real bitch. Yeah, real bitch. That's the takeaway. <laughs> <That's, people. laughs> there's anything that you take away from this. It's that right. CBAs and uh, anything bargained for uh, by a union right. is really difficult to get out, which we've yeah, been it, saying the whole time. I mean, we right. people knew that this was a likely outcome. Sure. Right. But think of how disappointed everyone was because they couldn't understand why they weren't paid the same. Right. Not understanding that it's a end of the collective bargaining agreement. I think it's worth talking about for one second is for, you know, everyday sports fans that don't maybe look at things the way that, that we do. A really easy example of like the collective bargaining agreement is like when Tom Brady got suspended for X number of games because of the flake gate. You could go to court, you could sue, you could do all of those things. And what were the decisions every single time for those NFL suspensions? Those people collectively bargained for that punishment system. They gave the commissioner all of that power because it was collectively bargained for, right? So that's why when 
PED suspensions or marijuana suspensions happen in football or the NBA and they go to court to sue and they lose every time, it's because those rights were collectively bargained away, right? Because they gave the commissioner the power to make those judgments. They succumb to it in exchange for, um, you know, the, the benefits of being in that union. And, uh, you know, maybe some of the people who are hopefully listening that are in unions, teachers, uh, actors, uh, you know, um, steam bidders, whatever, they understand that the benefits of collecting bargaining, but I, I don't know that everybody, everyone does. You give up. Sometimes you give up, you know, certain things in the, in the near, in the near space to make it a better road in the far space. You know, it's interesting too, like a lot of people and even the arguments in the case is like, at the end of the day though, you can collectively bargain for a lot of things. It's a contract. You can put it like basically outside of like immorality in a contract. But there is case law that says mm, gender discrimination and unequal pay, not so fast. Now, I don't think it's, in my opinion, the case law is not very strong on that. And clearly the judge thought so as well. And I think that's kind of where we get into the like, what, is, what was the negotiation process around this in the beginning? Like, why were they at such well, at the beginning, disadvantage? They, they came from a place where they thought they were thankful to be there. Right. Right. Like, you know, the expression, act like you've been there before. If you think of the next CBA agreement that the women's national team is going to come in, not acting like they haven't been there before. Right. right? They're this, not four time world cup but champion. They, right. But this is, this is, you know, the answer to the question you asked earlier, like this is how progress is made. The biggest favor that judge did in 32 pages was laid a roadmap of what's not to do again in the next collective bargaining agreement. Turns out Turns the out. judge may have done something right. Yeah. So, I mean, just cause you know, I know we talked about it offline, but like they chose to file a lawsuit in that court because they found it, you know, that maybe the judge was a little more liberal, that there was a friendly forum, if you will, right? So to me, that was one of the most shocking things about the decision was that they basically forum shopped to a friendly jurisdiction and lost. To like, of the to case, like is, the only uh, George H.W. Bush appointee on the, the Right, the yeah, some of that's bad sauce, some of it's, you know, but I mean, just to give it the equivalent that if this lawsuit was filed in the Central District of Oklahoma, like no one probably would have been surprised that federal judge was maybe a little bit more conservative and would have said, okay, we'll wait for the appeal to go to the whatever circuit, right? Like they filed in California for a reason. And it's not all bad. This is just the first step. They're going to go to trial. They're going to do whatever. I hope they don't settle, to be fair. I hope it goes to trial. I hope there's some sort of final judgment so this continues to get appealed. Um, but because who knows? It'll set precedent. Yeah, it will. But also, like, think about what's happened in the last three or four months, right? You had the president of USA Soccer resign, right? You have a former team member of a lot of the ladies that are still playing. This Cindy Parlow Cohn right? is now yeah. the president. Yeah. Parlo, right? So, like, to the essence of what we're talking about is sure they might have lost at a preliminary stage in a federal court ruling but are they winning the war right so they might have lost a couple of battles but sure seems like they're winning the war right because right? guess so who was on uh guess who was on the tv this morning uh carol baskin <laughs> uh, different she's always on the tv oh. if you're in oklahoma or florida uh no you had alex morgan and meg rapino <laughs> on with robin roberts and good morning america oh, robin day after uh, this big decision comes down and, you know, yeah, even had Joe Biden tweeting to the U.S. Soccer Federation saying, yeah. pay them or else you're not well, going to get any that, help. That, that's the great part about hopefully your future president of the United States, right? Like you're just a quick civics lesson for everyone to bring us back to the eighth grade. It turns out there's three branches of the government, <laughs> right? So did you hear just came down? 
even though I didn't say that right, judiciary, just came down with this decision, right? So guess who could fix it? Congress. Congress could just say, hey, we could change the law so that a judge can interpret it, you know, the way that they see fit. But that's the brilliant part about being an American, right? Like there's these three branches of government. We'll ignore the other third for now. But the point being is like someone could come, like you could, you could change the outcome of this decision by getting a different branch of the government to say, we actually disagree. Right. And I would also what's, say what's actually that more American than that. Kelsey, think about that for a second. I don't know. You know a national team, right. It could be possibly more American thing to do. And also, I don't know that a lawsuit like this could be successful anywhere else. No, everywhere else, you're just supposed to be grateful for the opportunity even to participate. Right. Like, you know, here's some breadcrumbs. Uh, turns out you should be happy to have them. Uh, you should be happy right, that you have any food at all. Sports that my mom did. I'm supposed to be grateful for that alone. Yeah. Turns out uh, that's not the case and that's yep. not how we feel. Um, nope. Well, if you take, if you've taken anything away from this, it should be that collective bargaining agreements are a bitch. Going to bleep that out so that my mom doesn't yell at me. <laughs> uh, and that we're here to provide you with the run of the mill, easy to digest, super simple legal analysis in the sports world. I'm Kelsey Trainer. That was Carrie Ann Cook, and you're welcome.